A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic show. I'm MC, and I'm here with... Hi, it's Andy. And this is David. So this week is a little bit different. We're actually not looking at an episode. We've reached the end of season one. Hooray! Yay! Yay! And so we're going to look back at season one and uh, the master storyline and uh, the best and the worst. So um, to start off with, I mean, how does season one work altogether? I think it's really charming. Um, Now, I will say that I think... It was harder for me to get through these episodes really analytically because some of them are just a little like, hey, it's an episode. Yeah, there's Um, a lot of that. And, you know, season two is when it really starts to gel. Um, Yeah. But I think in general terms, I I find the first season really charming. And I find that there's some characteristics of Buffy. I think we've talked about it this talked about this before. That I'm really going to miss, like, her whole Sherlock Holmesing, you know, yeah. figuring things out. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I mean, it's it's a fine season. It's not my favorite season, but it, I I love it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I may wind up being a little harsh on it, but I, I do like it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, when you go for analysis, you can, you, you start seeing the flaws a little more yeah. clearly. So... So just so, yeah. so to be on record, I do like this season, even mm-hmm. even if later I will say horrible things about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we're kind of grading on a a Whedon curve, right? Yeah, kind we're of. not looking at this. At, we're not looking at this season in relation to the Real Housewives of whatever, yeah. right? Uh, Which is you know obviously oh, yeah. it's better it's, than it's that. Not, we're not looking at no, it in terms of level. like we're looking at how it fits into the the Buffyverse. And how that works. I would rather watch Teacher's Pet than an episode of Desperate Housewives. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would go along with that. And he's going to stay very quiet. I don't know about that. Uh, well, my, my the episodes that I... or the, My least favorite episode comes much further down the line. So, mm. I'm... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get there, but... Yeah, but no, I definitely think that even even bad Buffy, there is still something there. There so, is. I, mean, I think even in, oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Teacher's Pet, there's a few moments of, eh, okay, that was cool. <laughs> that was a funny line. I liked that funny line. Oh, look, yeah. Sander, you're so funny. Um, That's very charitable of you. It's barely charitable because at this point I'm sort of looking to the future and I'm like, you know, I think this really is my litmus test of badness of Buffy. I just I find it so offensive. Yeah. No, I think for season one, it's a good introduction. 
we're just barely getting to know these characters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I mean, even some of them are still kind of a question mark to me. Willow is still a question mark to me at mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. which is really weird because I remember when I first watched this and I fucking loved Willow and I was like, wow, how much were you projecting onto Willow? I think we were all projecting onto Willow. Yeah. A- absolutely. The, the unrequited crush, the, you know, it, it, it yeah, I could relate. Uh, yeah, and I mean, she definitely gets better. As it, this is not me bashing on Willow for all times, but just in the first season, there's just nothing there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, same with a lot of the episodes. A lot of these episodes are like, if they were to come in future seasons, they, I would think that they, they were bad. But it's mm-hmm. because they're just trying to ease into things. And, well, honestly, one yeah. of the, one of the things I was thinking about is what what what. What if this had been the only season? What if, if this had got not gotten renewed? Hmm. Yeah. And I'm and I have to say, like, my opinions of some of the episodes kind of change. Like, we you know, you and I the three of us had discussed, you know, what are if someone had to say, well, what do I have to watch of season one? Mm-hmm. And so we'd go, okay, the pilot, Angel, and Prophecy Girl. Yeah, basically. I mean, there's a couple other you might be able to yeah, throw but, in there. Yeah, but those but... are the essentials. Yeah. yeah. I would say is... never kill a boy on the first yeah. day because that sets up the thing with the anointed one. That would yeah. be... So you're well, going to lose plot without that, but yeah. Right, but then... but so, so I was thinking, what if this hadn't been renewed? And honestly, if this hadn't been renewed and someone said, what should I watch of this season? Angel kind of goes out the window. It's the pilot and prophecy girl. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I, I mean, think if, if you don't have the, if you don't have the, what do I have to see because of what's coming? So yeah, Angel is a good episode, but it, I don't know, without the importance of it, no resolution in Buffy and Angel's relationship in this season. Yeah, in fact, in fact, after this, nothing really happens with that until season two. Well, I think there's a little bit of resolution. I think. If this had been the only season, you see them together, you see him helping her defeat the master, like, sort of, you know, and that you see them walking in together, and and then you see everybody walking out saying, hey, you want to go to the dance? And everyone's like, let's go to the dance. Mm-hmm. You know, so he went to the dance with her. Who knows what will happen later. Of but... course, we've got a really good example of what would have happened had Buffy only been this one season look at firefly firefly was also Mm -hmm. 12 episodes there were a lot of things that they set up that never actually paid off into anything relationships Mm -hmm. that never paid off into anything good episodes bad episodes i mean definitely better episodes with firefly because um oh yeah just you know figured things out so i mean this is still very early days yeah, he had more experience as a producer, a writer, a director by the time Firefly came along. And I think, I really think self season one is a very self-contained story yeah. that does stand on his own. Mm. I don't think it would be, I think it would be like a very minor cult following. Yeah. Like I think they're kind of like, oh yeah. man, you got to watch the show that's like so, you know, like it's the most 90s thing ever. It'll be hilarious. It's only 12 episodes. Have fun. But yeah. I don't think we'd be having oodles of fan fiction and articles no. written or, you know, anything. I think it kind of would have just appeared into the minor cult cloud. 
Yeah, um, Buffy would probably turn up on, like, Yuletide, where people would be like, what would have happened had they had a season two? Right. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, Yuletide is, like, a huge exchange for very small fandoms, mm-hmm. where people write fi- I think if I think it's like if there's 200 or less fics, then you can, like, exchange for a fic of it. Uh, it's fair. Okay. I, it's not something I do, but I, it's, it's something that I have heard of. And, yeah, I definitely think Buffy would fall into that. I mean... Buffy did have a fandom back in season one. It did not oh, sure. come up uh, in season two. And I think people would have been like very ups- I mean, I mean, I can almost see it as like maybe like the Sliders fandom, which was another yeah. fandom that I was in because that show was awesome for the first two seasons and then it got terrible. Um, uh, where there was a very dedicated cult group, but then. It, when things weren't on the air, it does, you know, um, go down so that you've suddenly only got people going. It's like, hey, do you remember that show? It didn't air for very long. Yeah. Well, it's like if you look at, speaking of vampires, Forever Night still has a very small and very dedicated fandom. Yes. I mean, it's think I think it's fallen off and the people in the fandom are older. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, because I think that came on right near the time of Buffy or right before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Forever Night had zines. Like, that's how... Mm-hmm. It, w- it was still kind of, like, in the very early days of the internet where people would still print things out. Yeah, and and and, and the, the people have stayed with the fandom, but now, you know, you, they're not getting new people into the yeah. fandom. Unlike Buffy, where I go on Tumblr and half the, you know, Buffy pages I follow are people between the ages of I don't like to follow anyone under 18. So between the ages of 18 and 25. Yeah. Um, it's very popular. It's very popular with the young kids these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, very popular with those of us that, you know, grew up watching it. So. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I just, I mean, my, my point was more, it's like the way we look at the various episodes of the season mm-hmm. would have changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, think, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. If, if it hadn't gone to, if it hadn't continued. Yeah, I mean, if this show had was only these 12 episodes, I think I would like all of them except for Teacher's Pet. Yeah. <laughs> because even I mean, I mean yeah. even coming up with my list was very di- we have ranked all of the episodes um each of us individually so that we can mm-hmm. you know judge the season. But yeah, when I was actually doing my list, I mean, it's I was having a lot of trouble in the middle area where it's like, you know, really like this one i do really like this one but do i like this one more do i like yeah yeah Yeah, i I had that same problem in the middle i've got one that i really really like towards the end of my list yeah just for the sheer fact that i like other ones better yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think it's just that i mean although the episodes primarily are solid very few of them really well that's I, i i guess that's the thing it's sort of a the season as like as a whole, like none of the episodes jump out yeah. at you, except for something like, you know, Teacher's Pet, which is just bad. Yeah. Right. And and you know, but it's like how do you like you know say like for instance, I think and this is a good like middle ground, like the witch versus out of mind, out of sight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the witch is actually a better episode, but it, 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 but yeah. just just on first first watch, it's like Oh, is one of those really 
spectacular compared to the other? Yeah. Maybe not. It's, it's like, it's it's a generally solid season, but it, but none of it is above and beyond. Very little of it is above and beyond. If you look at Buffy and Angel as a whole, there are 254 episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So when you take these 12 the 12 episodes out of 144 or not well the 144 is how much there is for buffy but if you include angel it's 12 episodes right. out of 254 law of averages means that you know only like maybe one of them is going to end up being anywhere near the top of that list and honestly yeah i mean i think prophecy girl is the only one out of these episodes that can really contend and even that probably wouldn't rank as high if you look at absolutely everything. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I honestly, I think I think the the only reason the pilot episodes rank as high as they do is because they're pilot episodes. I rank them fairly low, to be honest. Oh, really? I actually okay, rank them high, but high. okay. Well, um, we should actually probably get into um our episode ranks since we're kind of playing in that sandbox anyways so is there anybody who did not rank teacher's pet dead last oh it's 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 my number one episode what are you talking about (laughs) seriously prophecy girl is number 12 (laughs) teacher's pet is number one it's oh no it's it's not the episode it wasn't a ranking of episodes you love to hate (laughs) it was it was just episodes you love okay so i mean i i feel like it's let's work our way up so yeah for episode for the 11th best episode so the the second worst episode what did you guys have i i wound up with irobot eugene andy uh oh uh the pack the pack okay the pack okay i also had irobot eugene i i think that's partially again not so much that it's not good it's just other ones are better yeah and and which ones you think are better is that there's a fine line between some of these yeah and in terms of being like i didn't get overly analytical on my mm-hmm. list this time i just went which one do i enjoy more yeah. which do i think have some better moments that i i you know and the pack doesn't have that many moments of me like being like, mm. oh, yeah, that was great. I remember that joke, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, uh, for me, like, back in the day, I would have ranked iRobot Eugene way higher on my list. Like, it might not have cracked top five, but it might have been, like, six or seven. Mm-hmm. But it has aged so badly. Oh, it really has. So badly yeah. that it just tanked. And also looking at it now with the fact that... It's a Willow episode where we find out like nothing about Willow. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that for me, one of the reasons it ranks so low is that I was expecting more, mm-hmm. and then I watched and was like, "Oh no, no, no! I didn't really get what I was expecting out of this." Mm-hmm. Again, again, a big part of that is like, "Oh, it's a Willow-centered episode." Yeah. Oh, it really doesn't it... do much with Willow. Mm-hmm. She's just sort of there, and she's a plot point. Mm-hmm. But uh, Andy, you bring up uh, the pack. The pack was number ten on my list. So, and and for me, iRobot was number ten on my list. So, uh, David, um, mm, I got the pack. Let's see. Uh, oh, I well, okay. My list is maybe different from yours. I I ranked Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest together. Okay, 
So, um, so I've got only eleven mine, on my list. Mine are basically like they're they're one after the other, so they're kind of mm-hmm. the, rank the same. Right. So the pack, the, yeah, the pack comes in at let's see, eleven, ten, nine, at number eight for me. Okay. Oh, okay. So um, it's a little further it's, up. I see. I think for me, the reason I, I, if I was just comparing I Robot Eugene to the pack, I think the pack is a better story. I Robot Eugene seems a little more cliched and under more comparatively underwritten. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a funny charm about iRobot, which I think there is. Um, there's and that's some true. Funny charm I, I, and Buffy doing some mm-hmm. really. Fun stuff, and you know me, I love my Buffy, so I, mm-hmm. you know, went for that yeah, no, I, I think you know. I think very much the reason that you and I have these reversed is that you're looking for moments, and I was looking at it as a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm a moments person sometimes. I mean, like, I love a good overarching story. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm steeped in wanting to know the mythology of all this stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, in terms of season one, I'm like, I don't know. I found that more charming. It's more mm-hmm. fun. It's got that guy sure. that went on. It's got Chad Lindbergh, yeah. pre-mullet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, I, that, it's just more fun for me. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. think with either of these episodes, it's probably a toss-up. Like, yes. depending on the day, um, I might rank them differently. Because actually right. thinking about it now, it's like, oh, well, I mean, they introduced Jenny and there's all the cute... Jenny and Giles mm-hmm. moments. Yes, there's yeah, there's all the Jenny and Giles, which brings it right. much yeah. higher up on a list. So for me. so yeah, no, I mean I, I do think that these those two episodes are really just neck and neck for me. Um yeah, but I mean neither they, of they them are... do I think are really bad. They're just not great. The mm-hmm. more I've watched the pack and really looked at it, the more I just really don't like it. I just find it yeah. kind of distasteful. So mm. and Xander is so cruel. I mean, I know he's yeah, possessed by hyena, him, yeah. but but after you know, coming pretty soon after Teacher's Pet, I'm like, fuck you, Xander. Mm-hmm. I cannot handle an episode about you at this point. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, for me, like my rankings are very much. I just did it very quickly, and it's very much gut reactions. Yeah, that's which so is like, fair. So there are definitely ones where it's like, oh yeah, I could have easily gone a different way on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. so, so what? Which one did you have after I Robot Eugene? Uh, I had out of mind, out of sight. Oh, okay. I really like that one. Also, I, I did. I did too. David. I don't know. It just it feels eh, to me. Again, that's in context of the season. It's not that it's a bad story or episode. Yeah. Yeah, I had that, and I had that in the same place as you, David. Mm. I, uh, you know, the more I thought about it, I, I used to really like. I really loved the episode. I think years back, and watching it again last time, it just really. It didn't have an emotional impact on me at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think there's a lot of missed opportunities with using Willow as character growth instead of it being Buffy figures out a mystery again. Again, I love mm-hmm. my Buffy fi- figuring out a mystery, but mm-hmm. like the, the right. correlation between Willow feeling picked on and not noticed and Marcy. Like, hmm. I just, I think there could have, I think it's a mistake. They could have done a lot more with that. Yes. Right, because of anyone, Willow would feel most like someone like Marcy. Although, so. to be fair, they really haven't pushed the Willow being picked on thing since early. They really season. haven't yeah. so much. And you know what? But the thing is, Marcy wasn't 
picked on. She was ignored. She was picked yeah. on a little right. bit, but she's mostly ignored. And I don't think teachers ignore Willow the way they ignored Marcy. I think teachers are like, yes, Willow. Mm. Go ahead, Willow. Willow's yes. the only one that can answer this question because she's so smart. So at least she does get acknowledgement, maybe not from her peers, but from mm-hmm. her teachers, it seems like. So, yeah, I just find it a meh episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just find it yeah. meh now. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it. I ranked it higher than you guys did, but it's, it's still kind of in the middle of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Number nine after um, the pack, I had never kill a boy on the first date, which I know really? Andy disagrees. I, you, both of you guys disagree with me on. I, I, I put it higher than that, it. definitely. Yeah. And I like it. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, tell us why you didn't care for it and we'll tell you why when we get further up the list. What we <laughs> why <did>. I'm wrong? <laughs> um, no, 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 just no, not you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, I just... I did not find Owen charming. Um, and oh, maybe, okay. Maybe it was the actor. I there was just. I think so, it's the actor. Yeah. Something did not click with me. Um, I thought mm-hmm. he was really pretentious, and I didn't really understand why Buffy was, you know, kind of mm. going okay. all gaga over him. And, okay. Um, I mean, if, if I mean if that's your reasoning, then I totally understand why you would rank it this low. Yeah. For me, I was looking at the episode not as not in terms of just Owen. Mm -hmm. so there's a lot more in that episode for me than the owen thing i think the thing that the only thing and that's why i ranked it higher yeah the only thing i really found like great about the episode was the last scene between buffy and giles Mm -hmm. because i mean that scene's fantastic but the rest of it is just kind of you know xander was Mm -hmm. such a jerk in a yeah well and yes yeah and willow was kind of cardboard so i mean it just it just it, mm-hmm. it just hit me in a bad way. So yeah. So I, I, you went for the specific of Owen, whereas I, I guess I'm thinking of it more in terms of it's an ep- it's the and it's the first episode where we have this of Buffy really trying to reconcile Slayer life with life life. Fair enough. And that that is exactly why I ranked it a little bit higher. That's my number yeah. seven. And also and also it's it's actually a legitimate arc episode. Yeah. Because of the 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 creation of the anointed one mm-hmm. yeah i just i find it the first instance of buffy i mean and it'll come up later in prophecy girl in a much more yes. dynamic mm-hmm. way but it's that moment where i realized wow buffy's life is really shitty and dark mm-hmm. like and i feel so much for her in that episode even though it's lighter and even though having to make that choice to not pursue anything um and i mean i know she realizes that owen likes the danger but and i think that may be an excuse for her because she's not as into owen as she thought she was Mm -hmm. but at the same time even as a teenager and she's 16 at this point having to say i'm not even going to see if i like him Mm -hmm. because my life is never going to include you know Mm -hmm. functional relationships yeah, and it mostly I mean, you, you, hasn't. Yeah, you can even. I, I I think you could even make an argument that when you say why would Buffy like this guy, it's because he likes the danger. Sub. I mean, let me put it. Let me let me expand on that because if I say it that way, it it it's wrong. But I think sort of his tend his his tendency towards you know the kind of poetry he likes and, and towards danger subliminally 
is some Buffy goes, oh, maybe this is someone who might fit into my life. Mm-hmm. But when she realized the, the extent of his love for danger, she realizes that this simply doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it certainly goes with Buffy uh, never has a relationship outside of being the Slayer. Like, even her... I mean, the closest she gets is with Scott Hope, and that thing is over before it really even begins. Like, I mean, Riley is her normal guy, and Mm -hmm. he's still, like, a... He's Captain America. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I was thinking about this in, in a different context, and it really occurred to me, it's like... Buffy's arch nemesis is her love life. It, oh man, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's deep, dude. Yeah, um, I mean because you know she's able to kill all the vampires <laughs> except for the ones that right. she's in love with. Right. Well, exactly. Sure. Um, so the, uh, spe- looking at the looking at another killer boy on the first date. Also, I don't know. I here is one reason why sixteen year old girls like boys back because they liked them first. Like, I remember that experience of a guy saying, I really like you. And I'm like, great, I'm in love with you. Just the, mm. the feedback of like, and you know what? I've taught Sunday school before and I see girls that age mm-hmm. being like, well, he likes me first, so I better like him back, which is problematic. Um, so that's part of it. It's just she's someone that, you know, someone thinks she's interesting. Yeah, no. Um, and, I, and I do like him because he does find her interesting. And he doesn't just want to go out with her because she's super pretty. Mm-hmm. She wants, he wants to get to know her as a human being. Yeah, so I uh, will give him points for that. Oh, Owen is, Owen is actually arguably deeper than most of the guys we see on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not particularly deep, but most of the guys on the show are pretty damn shallow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would say all the guys are pretty shallow and you know i mean yeah there's xander but yeah. he's a whole nother kettle of fish well yeah at, at this point xander's pretty shallow yeah i don't right, know i mean just but... for me it's like um some it was something about the actor or the way they wrote the character it, it just mm-hmm. it, it rubbed me the wrong way and while i do understand it as like an important episode for the arc and for buffy's character development i was like this is not one that i want to go back and rewatch. So right, yeah, no, I mean, it, and it definitely makes sense for the arc. And you know what? I do think that actor is miscast. I think it probably would have been a much more because he looks like a jock dude. Yeah, he was also like we've... thirty. So I mean, that was yeah, I just, gross. yeah. No, I I totally understand it. But then in terms of if I read that script, which I have my script books around here somewhere, so I'm sure I'm sure I have. Mm-hmm. I think it would have had more impact. Because the actor, right, is miscast. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and I guess it, this might be the point where we should we should point out explicitly, although, I mean, I'm assuming it, but it's like, this is not, none of our lists are the be-all, end-all. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously oh, gosh, no. Just in case, in case anyone out there was thinking, you know, they're trying to come up with the ultimate ranking. No, yeah. we have three different lists, and there are lists, and... This is, you know, points for discussion. Yeah, not, yeah, absolutely. This not is... a, not a, not you know, down from the heavens. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Fact. Yeah, it's everybody's not the got... twelve commandments. Yeah, everybody's got their own opinions on oh, you know, sure. what episodes right. of uh, are good and bad. And I mean, we could see mm-hmm. it with this, just with you know, between the three of us, how you know disparate our lists are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for, right. uh, so for number nine, do you guys both have it out of mind, out of sight. Wait, let me see. Uh, 12, 11, 10. 
Yes, for nine I had out of mind, out of sight. Okay. Which yeah, would have been my... eight for you, David, because you ranked the pilots. No, together. it's not. No, out of nine is out of sight because I have eleven and it comes in at nine. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So number eight. Puppet show. I have, I have the pack. Oh, huh, okay. So the pack is still pretty low on. Yeah. The, um, and the puppet show. Hmm. I have the puppet show, which I find to be really charming. Mm-hmm. Sid the dummy is super problematic. I don't know. I just, I just think it's silliness. Yeah. And I like a good bit of silliness, and you mm-hmm. get Snyder. Yeah, yes. you get amazing Snyderness, and I freaking love him. Yep. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it's and that tag at the end oh, God, is the just tag. iconic. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Cordelia yeah. singing the greatest love of all people. You know the magician stuff. I just, I, I just think it's kind of a generally fun and hilarious episode. It was a really mm-hmm. good whodunit. I think that they actually yeah. did uh, yes. build everything very well. I liked Sid, even though he was like. Totally politically incorrect. I mean, yeah. he, he's he's been a dummy since what, like the thirties or something. Yeah. So it kind of makes yeah. sense that you'd have like the salty demon hunter. Well, and also ventriloquist dummies can come off as like wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Like it's just sort of a trope of dummies. I yeah. think. Um, I um, ranked it. Mm. I ranked it higher. Uh, okay. I, I yeah, gave I it. Too. I gave it points also for being like the one episode where I don't have any problem with Xander. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Mm -hmm. For number eight, I had the harvest. Uh, I did rank Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest separately, but Welcome to the Hellmouth Mm. I had a seven, Uh, and that's just because just just looking at it, I think I liked Welcome to the Hellmouth a little bit better than I liked the Harvest. And I have them reversed when we get to it. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, I just felt uh, like. I liked the introductions of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's, I, I think it's part of the iconicness where it's like, you know, the scene where they, they Giles drops the vampire book. Um, oh, yeah, maybe mm. I should reverse. I think I'm going to reverse those when I get up to where I'm going. Yeah, so, um, and for me, it's like they are the first episodes, so they, they are very memorable. But I just, they didn't really hit me as much. You know, and I mean, this is getting to the point of episodes where it's like, really getting to, I like this episode, but I like these ones just a little bit better. So mm-hmm. it's, it's sense, really hard. Yeah. yeah but I probably hard. ranked, I probably ranked the pilot episodes higher because I may have given it a bit of a, an advantage because it was the pilot. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, pilots always have pilots are always at a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I may have given it a little bit of a head start. Yeah. In my thinking. Well, and we last week we talked about how this is the first time that zi- dialogue is really zipped along when we were talking about Prophecy Girl and felt like the show. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. you know, it was the first time since the you know the two pilot episodes that because you know, they're written by Joss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so I rank them higher just for the, like, sheer amazingness of that dialogue and the world building and the jossiness mm-hmm. of it. It mm-hmm. ranks much yeah. higher for me and just in terms of solidness of writing. And I think that I think that actually kind of points up 
the importance of when you talk about Joss writing an episode that he actually writes it because out of sight, out of mind has a story by Joss, but he doesn't write the script. Yeah. Yeah. And you can yeah. see how much lower that comes in our estimation. Well, than, for, for you guys. Than, say, Prophecy Girl. Well, yeah, well, well for prophe- compared to Prophecy yeah. Girl, yes. Yes. Um, okay, so, um, like I said, I had uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth for number seven. So what did you guys have? For number seven? Um, yes. That was my Never Kill a Boy on the first day. Okay. That's oh. where I put that. So, um, I guess working out where I am in terms of your list yes with the with the you, you... slight off-putting uh uh numbering system yeah. um i'm i but well okay so above the pack i have the witch okay which i which i really you know in isolation i really like it mm-hmm. but when i just put it in ter- look at it in terms of the whole season it and again it's not so much that it's not good mm-hmm. it just other stuff i like better for various reasons mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand that. So, yeah. Yeah. Because The Witch really is a solid episode. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I really don't... I don't want to say anything against it. Yeah. It's, I don't, um, don't feel you're saying it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, when I when I saw it was this low, I felt bad for it. <laughs> but because it really... It doesn't deserve to be ranked this low, but it, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how things That makes out. sense. Um, I I do like the episode, but, you know. And Andy, you said right. you had Never Kill a Boy on the first yeah, day? Yeah, that was my seven, was okay. Never Kill a Boy on the first day. Um, okay. I right. ranked it much higher than any of y'all. No, I think, mm-hmm. they, David, when did you, where did you have Never Kill a Boy on the first day? Oh, I, I haven't gotten to okay, it Okay, yeah. No, oh, okay. David well, still got it higher. I didn't think he'd gotten there yet. Um, okay. And uh, for number six, um, this is where I had Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Because it was... I did think it was still a, a middling episode, but I did. It was a bit higher in my estimation than you guys. Well, tell I, us about that. Well, I mean, I thought that it was a very. Um, I, I liked the whole science aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the quantum mechanical being affected by the Hellmouth. Um, okay. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was an interesting twist on things, rather than just like it's a demon or it's a ghost. Um, mm-hmm. I liked getting to know Cordelia's character a bit more and getting her properly into the fold, uh, which yeah, is, you know, point. kind of the, the two part process, the, um, out of mind, out of sight. And then prophecy girl is kind of getting Cordelia into things. Um, I felt like that we got a good, uh, uh, a, a little view of Buffy, um, kind of her, um trying to adjust to this new life from her former life as, you know, being this very popular uh, cheerleader. So that um, actually makes a lot of sense because I we had a long discussion about how how much this episode that episode tells us about Cordy and her loneliness and the fact that she never gets an actual real true friend Mm -hmm. until she goes off to another television show. Yeah. No, I mean, she moves to L.A. it, It. the the plot is it's a solid episode um but it's not so much going off the plot it is more looking at it as, in terms of the character development and it is very subtle character development but there there's quite a bit in there so that's Absolutely why I like it fair as high point. As mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense i yeah i just i when i think of that when i just go eh, bored now 
But there are some really great character moments, especially for Cordy and Buffy. So I'm absolutely there with you on that. Okay, so did you guys did your number sixes? Yes, or number five that, in that, this case. Uh, the witch. The witch. All right. That that was where the witch was for me. Was okay. at number six. Um, I find it just a fun. I just find it a really fun episode, and Buffy sings Macho Man, <laughs> and it's freaking adorable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just there's some peril in there. Robin Riker is amazing. Yeah. Um, is both Amy and uh, her mother mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. Catherine Madison. It ends up with that such a cool little like the tag ending. on it yeah. with the with the the cheerleading trophy. Um. Xander's pretty annoying. Do I even remember Xander being annoying? Is yeah, annoying? Xander was very annoying. Yeah, Xander was super annoying and problematic. Yeah, with the bracelet and the stupidness. Frickin' Xander. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about individual characters kind of in Well, you probably, too, you but... really can't go wrong with saying Xander is annoying in this season. That just... Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you've you got much. a 99% chance of being correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's a... F- and as a third episode, or actually second one that yeah. actually showed mm-hmm. on TV... It really kind of tells the audience what kind of spirit this show's going to have. And the kookiness and the like, I don't know. I just I think it really sets up a good tone for the rest of the season, um, even though it doesn't have any vampires. Yeah, well, it's one of the few episodes that doesn't have any vampires, specifically because they wanted to set up the tone for it. And, and mm-hmm. that being, it's like, even though vampire is in the title, there's not always, the vampires aren't always vampires. going to be the... The, the threat, which is, yeah, no, um, I have the witch a little bit higher, um, okay. but, um, no, I mean, I loved that episode. I thought it was a, a really solid mystery. Um, like there, there's a lot of twists in it, um, and we're getting to know the characters and yes, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar singing Macho Man's adorable. Um, I know it's the best. I just yeah. want to watch that on a yeah. loop all day. Um, so, next what was yours, David? David. Um, I've lost track of where I am on my list. I you had, would be at number five. I had, yeah, I'd be number five. Because yes. I, because okay, I'm confused because I seem to have missed out on something. If I'm that well, high. you had a different numbering, right? I, well, he still hasn't so gotten I had, to. You know, um, going from the bottom, just for look. for reference, te- teacher's pet, I robot, you Jane, out of mind, the pack, the witch. And then the puppet show. Okay. Oh, okay. So, and I'm not sure where that puts me in the numbering. Uh, well, but the puppet the... show is the, that's, talk about the puppet show a little bit. Talk about I, the puppet show a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I mean, I put it above the witch. You know, the like I say, the witch is a really solid episode and I feel bad sort of demoting it. Yeah. But I just, I just enjoy the puppet show yeah. more. I mean, it just... And and of course, and it introduces Snyder, so there's a certain right, yeah. the mo- like momentousness to that in the series, is that Snyder gets introduced here, and I don't know, I just I just really like the puppet show. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I pu- agree. Puppet show is number yeah. five on my list, so it's actually the mm-hmm. next one. So oh, we're, okay. okay, we're not that far off. Um, uh, I mean, honestly, with this season, I mean, episodes aren't going to be too far off unless, unless there's, like, some severe right. differences of opinions. Uh, but yeah, right. no, the puppet show, I just... It was it was just... It was solid. I think, like, it... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I am noticing actually looking at my list with, you know, only one exception, the top five is, or even the top six are all from the last half of the season. Um, Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, I think they kind of maybe finally got into their rhythm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. 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 And, and I, I I want to point out, it's like, they're definitely, like, you know, when you guys were talking about the witch and bringing up certain things, I started, I, I started rethinking my thought of the puppet show and the witch mm-hmm. order. It's like, it's like, okay, yeah, there are things in the witch. Maybe I should have ranked it higher. I, I it's, yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's a gut reaction yeah. at this point. It's, oh, for sure. Know. Yeah, I'm so, the entire yeah. list. I mean, it really is one of these things where, you know, I mean, I think you know, just for the clarity of the listeners, um, we'll put the lists up on uh, the website mm-hmm. so people can see them. Uh, but honestly, it is not gospel because I'm sure if we were to record this again tomorrow, our lists would probably right. change. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's really so we can talk about the pros and cons of each episode sort of in a round table kind of way like i you know i'm not like oh i'm done with you david because you rang yeah i'm that's it don't like you anymore yeah and and (laughs) of course not also to (laughs) to let our listeners know uh when we get to other seasons we're not going to be ranking the entire season it's just for uh season one there's only 12 episodes so it's um it's hard to you know be like, do a top five, do a bottom five, because then you're only leaving two out. So, you know, we might as well yeah. just do mm-hmm. anything. But, right. yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, 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 okay. That Next. puts us at number five for you, Andy. My number five uh, is Nightmares. Nightmares. Hmm. Yeah. Nightmares. I really like, I don't think any of you guys have mentioned it yet, so I suspect it's pretty high on your list. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I just, it's, it's really solid. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Xander's less of an asshole on this one, as I remember. Um, he punches a clown. He punches a clown. He punches a clown. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, better Xander than, uh, than, yeah. uh, um, I mean, I think the only one where I found him completely fine was the puppet show, uh, but Nightmares right. is high up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really really love that episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's so so interesting and kind of oddly dark and seeing what everybody's fears are. I mean, Willow mm-hmm. and Xander's fears are kind of like okay, whatever. You don't like to be on stage and Xander hates clowns and loves candy, but I think if you look at the the nightmares of buffy and giles that's Mm. super deep yeah and i think that if something like nightmares were to happen like a season or two later you would definitely get different dreams from Mm -hmm. uh uh, willow and xander and i mean you kind of do i mean restless is almost a sequel to nightmares it is uh and Mm. you see that there is well i mean you still get willow's stage fright in that but you get it differently. You understand kind of the underlying cause of it. And it's like, oh, this actually goes much deeper. Right. Because uh, it's not really fear of being in front of people on stage. Because, you know, some people just don't want to sing or dance or act yeah. or do anything in front of people. It's just not who they are. Um, I don't understand those people, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I mean, I think later on you find out that those fears for Willow really are about 
being seen in a way that she doesn't feel like that's who she is inside. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so. Yeah, I I think it's a great episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, it's fantastic. The master stuff is great. Giles is, Giles breaks my heart. Um, When I think about that episode, I think about uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's face when she's talking to her dream dad. Sarah can bring it when it comes to crying. She really Uh, can. And in a totally different way. And this really like, like, yeah, of course I'm like, Oh, Willow's crying. Don't cry Willow. But I don't know. My perspective on Willow is way different now than it was. I don't like Willow much. Uh, And we'll get more into that later. But, um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Sarah Michelle Gellar is, just amazing she gets this amazing like glassy look in her eyes that it's Mm. well where did you rank this me i this was um well i can just um i ranked witch at number four uh just Mm -hmm. to get the witch out there because we've already passed it for both of you and then nightmares was three oh okay so you ranked it okay pretty high nightmares is three for me of course i've got uh, welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest, just above that. Okay, so. right. Mm. So yeah, no, I think it's just a wonderful episode. That... Wait, uh, if Nightmares is number three, and where did Angel fall on your list? Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll just give you my top down. Okay, just so we have context. So it's Prophecy Girl at the top. Yes. Then the pilot episodes. Okay. Then Nightmares, then Angel. Okay. Oh, okay. I think I, the re- my reasoning there is. Angel, Angel, of course, has importance mm-hmm. for what will come later. I think Nightmares is a better episode and digs into the characters more. I can totally respect that. That's I can totally respect that, too. And I think it also is the first instance, because it's such a short season, of playing with form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's something that Buffy, as a television show, is going to be known for, is playing with form mm. and not being just your standard. Obviously, you get episodes that are, you know, here's the continuity, but you get episodes like Restless, you get the musical, you get Tabula Rasa, you get Hush, mm-hmm. you know, get Superstar. And I think this is the first sort of step forward into that, like, dreamscape and alternate realities and... And, you know, things like The Wish that are going to be really important and ones that are going to rank really mm-hmm. high in the quality yes. episodes mm-hmm. of the show. And I think this sort of starts along that path. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of rethinking my placement of that. Yeah. No, um, my uh, just to finish off my list, uh, Prophecy Girl was number one. And we will talk about that in a minute. Um, I think that's I everybody's number one. Angel is number two. And then Nightmares was three. So. Okay. Mm. And mine was Prophecy Girl at number one. Uh, Welcome to the Hellmarth, uh, Harvest, and then Angel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the kind of mythology episodes. Like, mm-hmm. I went heavy mythology at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then number five was Nightmares. Okay. So Nightmares came in just right under the... the uh, uh, what word was I looking for there? I don't know. It just disappeared from my brain. Yeah. Hi. Um, um, from the canon episode, those really things that set up other things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, other than the top and the bottom, like the very top and the very, I don't think we've had any actual consensus. It's just Prophecy mm. Girl's the best and Teacher's Pets well, the worst. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like I say, most of this season is is solid, and it's it's just there will be certain aspects that some people will find more important than others mm-hmm. that will determine how you would rank things. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, really, it's like, like I said, the puppet show and the witch, it's like, why I put one above the other, it's kind of arbitrary. Yeah, I mean, my estimation of Angel has gone up so much since I first watched the show. Like, ridiculously, Mm. because I hated Buffy and Angel as a couple. And so, obviously, the episode that, you know, first really brings them together, I hated that episode. Huh. But going back and watching it now and having a deeper appreciation of Angel as a character because I loved the show Angel so much... Mm-hmm. It's it's really weird to think it's like, huh? Well, I've I've changed. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the one that always kind of takes TV shows very personally, um, and and tends to talk about my experience with that. And I don't know. I always found that like every season of Buffy kind of mirrored what was going on in my life at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that episode Angel, it is. It's about like forbidden love and that guy you like but it'll never work out and I, I was very much in that place at this point in my life so I think Buffy and Angel's relationship spoke to me mm-hmm. now as an adult who's you know engaged and living with you know and all that stuff I'm like yeah. oh come on really that dude I mean I like a good brood but not yeah Angel's sort of bleh for me so you guys both had Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest as like your your second one. So Yeah, and Angel was Angel was number four for yeah. me. So Okay. Yeah. So I mean, do you guys want to talk about the, the the pilot? Yeah. Um I mean I ranked it high because it's just well, it's really important. And what happens there is important. Yeah. It introduces everyone, it introduces the master. It's it's, and this is something I think we'll come back to because I think we want to talk about the master in oh, terms yeah. of this mm-hmm. season. It's like, this is one of the times when the master is an active threat, which honestly, and this, as I say, this is something we'll probably talk about a little later, he isn't for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's woven into the season and mm-hmm. it's always nice Yeah, to he spends see a lot him. of time pontificating to the annoying one. Yeah. Right, but yeah. But he doesn't, like, basically, I mean, if you want me to, uh, maybe I should just get into it now. It's like, Active Threat Master is basically, Welcome to the Hellmouth, the Harvest, Angel, where he sends the three out against Buffy and Angel, and Prophecy Girl. Other than that, he sits around talking. And we love him as a character, but he just simply doesn't do much that has to do with our main characters. Well, I mean, how, how about we get into this now? Because obviously we just had an entire episode last week where I think we actually talked about the fact that Prophecy Girl was going to top our list of our favorite episodes of the yes. season. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a great mm-hmm. episode. And yeah. oh, I, I will say again, reiterate that Welcome to the Hellmoth and Harvest are up there on my list because the writing is sings mm-hmm. it's zippy it's you know you start getting that whedon-esque dialogue that i just love mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. and so i i think it's up there for me yes because it starts everything off and you meet all your characters that you're gonna love forever and ever and ever for the next 20 years and 
I get it. And it does that well. And it does that well, and it does it with panache. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's uh, look at the the season as a whole, and that will be covering both the the master um, storyline and the character that we kind of think is the MVP of the season. And just to start off with that, there is absolutely no question for me, Buffy is the MVP of the season. She is the only one that I really feel that kind of fired on all cylinders every single time for every single episode. Uh, absolutely. Mm. That's that's mine. I mean, Buffy is my... Buffy's always my MVP. <laughs> I love her so freaking much. I just... I don't know why I identify with that character so much because we're, like, really not much alike. Mm-hmm. So, mm. but... Yeah, I... I, I... I, I honestly can't make up my mind between Buffy and Giles. I like yeah, Giles is like in my mind he's he's like he he wins for assists. I, I mean because I mean I, I do yeah I mean, I mean I mean I guess it depends on like how you're like how you're judging in what way the characters are most valuable yeah. it's, or or how they're the best character of the season. Yeah, it's I mean I, I guess for me it's like Buffy and Giles are both at the top of their respective roles mm-hmm. in the series. Yeah. Um, so, and, but they're very different roles. So it's very hard to compare. Them. I think for me, Buffy just wins out, especially for this season. Cause I mean, there's going to be other ones for me in subsequent seasons, but the fact that they have that analytical Buffy, that Buffy who's solving mm-hmm. mysteries that we mm-hmm. don't see really in any other season. We will see it like pop up occasionally in an episode, but it was so consistent in this one. That's kind of what pushes her ahead for me. I'm going to miss this okay. Buffy. I'm really going to miss this Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. And so, and yeah, Giles is definitely number two for me. Cause yeah. okay. Giles is always number one in my heart, but in this season, it's <laughs> number one in your heart and your pants. My, and my pants, pretty yeah. much. Uh, I love Giles. Yeah, I mean, also it's possible, you know, when you say that you identify with Buffy, it's like I probably identify more with Giles. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How about when you were a younger guy, David? Was it more Xander, or was it always Giles? Um, identification-wise, mm-hmm. probably Giles. Probably Giles. Yeah. I'm 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 insanely bookish. Uh, um, yes, and I've been I've been insanely bookish since like the age of three. Okay, so yeah, that's like Giles. Yeah, I I'm not that far off from Giles in a lot of in a lot of ways. So that no, no uh, I I you know I having spent all this time with you recording podcasts and in person, I'm like, yeah, you're totally the Giles of this podcast equation. So yeah, um, yeah, I can see that a lot. But yeah, I love Giles and Giles. Mm-hmm. has growth has quite mm-hmm. a bit of growth oh absolutely and, and even just a few episodes in you're like oh you love her like he goes from being like oh i'm your watcher and i'm you know here to do your thing and you know let's be polite to each other and you do what i say to being like having that dream his nightmare being that buffy is turned into a vampire mm-hmm yeah. Well, dies, actually, it's and... it's just that she dies. It's Buffy's nightmare yeah. that she turns Buffy's into a vampire. Buffy's nightmare turns into a vampire. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was, you know, somewhere on his list of things that I don't want to have happen. Yeah, no, um, yeah. And, and just know, how much he grows to love her in such a short mm-hmm. time. And he doesn't and want to hurt her by telling her, 
the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we see, I mean, obviously Hank Summers in this first season. <sighs> you have horrible Hank Summers, but he's a dream Hank Summers. But it's and also he, colored. You know it's also, there's a kernel of truth there. Yes, there is. Yeah. There is a kernel of truth in that dream. And, you know, that Hank gets a little retconned later because like, maybe Dean Butler wasn't available. As, I don't know. Um, well, I think they also he, wanted to um, just, you know, to talk about behind the scenes things. When it came to season six, uh, season five and season six, they really wanted to strand Buffy and they wanted Buffy to be responsible for Dawn. So they couldn't mm-hmm. really have Joyce die and then have Hank not react yeah. at all to his ex-wife dying and his two daughters being on their own. I mean, granted, by that point, Buffy was kind of grown and could take care of herself. But you, you kind of can't have, like, this 15-year-old being taken care of by her sister unless you make him a deadbeat dad. Yeah, and absolutely. And it also <clears throat> strengthens the relationship with Buffy and Giles. Yeah. I mean, I know he leaves in season six, but in season five, he's, you know, he's really there for her. Yeah. Um, through a lot of the the bad stuff, and I think that starts, you know, right in this season. And I think he, I think Tony Head really plays it really subtly, in a, such a wonderful way that how much his affection is growing and how much he never expected this kind of relationship from all his training as a watcher. And it also just shows because we're going to find out about other watchers later. What an amazing dude Giles is. Yeah. Like, and how he's so different and really, you know, I, I love Giles. Yeah, I love Giles. Giles is awesome. So the, the main storyline, um, uh, the the master trying to rise out of uh, uh, the, the Hellmouth, David got into it a little bit. And I definitely agree yeah. with him that, I mean, there's only, like, there's so few episodes that actually focus on that. Though, I mean, actually, I'm, I'm trying to think of other seasons about when we get um, into our little bads and big bads. And trying to think of how many there are compared to how many standalones there are. Uh, I, I, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously um, this season is handicapped by the fact that there are ten fewer episodes than mm-hmm. other seasons. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to say it's like, you know, going with the, you know, the concept of the big bad in Buffy. Yeah. It, it, it kind of doesn't gel until season two. Yeah. You sort of like, so, so season two, the big bad, of course, is Angelus. And so you have like the first half of the season building up the relationship between uh, Angel and Buffy. And then mid-season... He becomes Angelus, and there is where the big bad right, and, goes on and, bes- and, and is prevalent, unlike mm-hmm. the Master, who, as I say, doesn't really do much. I will link to this because it is amazing that this website is still up, but it is still there. And it is okay. um, uh, from the website SpoilerSlayer.com, which back in the day... Oh my god, Spoiler Slayer! All- yeah, which is back in the day where you got all of your Buffy spoilers. I know! I love Spoiler Slayer! But they have a section on their website, which is called the Buffy Formula. And oh yeah, I lo- yeah, I was about to talk about the Buffy it Formula. It actually goes through that each season of Buffy, um, from seasons uh, two to, to seven, mm-hmm. has... 
Well, I mean, I, th- I think season Not seven, seven. kind of didn't work in. Yeah, yeah it um, didn't work in the formula. And, and season five is also kind of debatable, but they have. But I will tell you what I think the little bad in yeah. season five is. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, but there's, um, you have your little bad, which is like for the first eleven episodes, basically, um, the the characters that will, um, mm. you know, pr- create the the main uh, drama. And then kind of in the middle of the season, something will happen where they'll either die or they'll be incapacitated. And then the big bad will actually take over and they will cause the actual drama that will take us to the end of the season. There's usually a betrayer involved in things. Uh, Somebody will uh, betray the Scooby gang. Um, And there's there's some elements of that. uh, If you look at season one, I mean... um, you could almost, I mean, it, it's a little more um, like a prototype of it, but you could almost say that like kind of Darla or Luke is like a little bad. And okay. then when, and then, uh, then the master kind of represents the big bad who only comes in at the very end. You kind of don't get the betrayer. It's kind of almost Angel, hmm. but then it turns out Angel's the betrayer, but no, then, then he's not. So there's there's kind of a a, a prototype mm. of it. But I mean like probably the best yeah. version of it would be for season two, your little bads are Spike and Drusilla, and then yeah. Angel betrays, and then the big bad is Angelus. So Right. Yeah, and in season three the little bad is trick and to some extent Faith. Uh the little bad's and trick betrayer. and then Faith is the betrayer and Faith is the betrayer and um mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah. And season it, five, there people are like, "Well, there was no little bad. The little bad is Joyce dying." Yeah. No, I mean there there has been some uh, discussion about Joyce's illness being the little bad of the season, which I I can yeah. totally mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah, no, I, it it does sort of yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of the seasons, not all of them, yeah. sort of work mm-hmm. on that yeah. um, sort of formula. Yeah. And I totally remember that website. You should link to that. I in the will show link notes to it. I in the show love notes. that website. Uh, yeah. Really, the only season that does not conform to the um, Buffy formula in any way, shape, or form is season seven. But strangely enough, uh, season four of Angel, which mm-hmm. aired at the same time, does. So that's the Jasmine season. That's the Jasmine season. Cordelia's the right, little bad. Right, a little bad. Cordelia and, and Connor the are the betrayers, yeah. and then Jasmine's the big bad. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, having been unfamiliar with this theory, um, I basically focused on the big bad, mm-hmm. and I would. And my thought is that I'm looking at the big bads, and it's once the big bad is introduced, he. It's usually he. Uh, well, they mm-hmm. become that that they're they're woven into the story. Stuff happens with the character who's the big bad. Yeah. Except, well, okay, the op, the the um, the the kind of exception might be season six where we have a decoy big bad. Yeah. And and then, but 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 what's happening with the actual big bad? You can see it yeah. all. It's just you're not paying attention mm-hmm. to it because it's not. It doesn't seem like the threat until the end, right? So, that makes sense. but but it's oh, so that's like that's the one switch up. But typically, all the other seasons, the big bad is introduced, and 
and stuff happens in conjunction with the big bad until the until the climax. Yeah, it it does. In, just looking in at this it, yeah, season, I can I can definitely yeah, see that. In oh, this at least season, get mentioned. Um, right, right, but no, but I mean, there's always stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, Angela certainly, you know, goes after Buffy regularly. The mayor has his whole plan that's going on. The initiative is woven wholly into, you know, season uh, season four well, by the time they're they're actually officially introduced. Yeah, well, I mean, Adam is the but big bad of... Uh, here and, in and Maggie's one, a little bad. We yes. have the master. Um, he's yeah. introduced and he, he, he um, orchestrates what happens in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's and stuck. then then and then he doesn't do anything until Angel. Yeah. But he can't. I mean, even, he even, can't. Even he's you... stuck underground, so all he can do no, is no, send out minions. No, no. But that's the thing. He can do things. Well, no. in in this, like because in so in the harvest, he has the whole harvest thing, and then in Angel, he specifically sends the three mm-hmm. out to attack Buffy. To, to be fair, so he has his minions can do stuff. To, to be fair. Uh, he he does do things before Angel. He does stuff and never kill a boy on the first date, which is only the fifth episode. I'm sorry. Yes, that is. It's. I'm sorry. That is the other thing he does. Yeah, yes, it's the fifth episode. So I mean, we have we have the welcome to the hell mouth and the harvest. Um, and right. then there's only two episodes where kind of nothing happens with the master, and then we get mm. stuff with the master again. And even like yeah. episodes that don't have anything to do with the master, like nightmares doesn't have anything to do with the master. Yeah, Nightmares is that. a Nightmares is a special case. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't quite know how to fit that into uh, what I'm talking mm-hmm. about because it's like unclear how real his interaction fair with enough, in that fair is. Fair enough. But he does um, appear, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think yeah, a lot of it does it's... come down to the fact that they were trying to introduce the show and there is only 12 episodes. So, I mean, like, oh, I mean, oh, you yeah. get, like, ton- um, he is kind of functioning as the little bad and the big bad because, I mean, you mm-hmm. will get, like, a swath of episodes in season two that don't have Spike or Drusilla in it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I and I'm not you know I'm certainly not saying that this is a necessarily bad thing mm-hmm. or a or 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 that there aren't certainly reasons for this mm-hmm. but in terms of Buffy the series mm-hmm. and how we see Buffy as the series mm-hmm. as we will come to know it this is an anomaly mm-hmm. Yeah I I you know I think not having the master in so many episodes doesn't bother me at all because I think all these other episodes sets up the tone of the show and that there are going to be some puppets and then there are going to be some invisible women mm-hmm. and there's going to be mm-hmm. some robots and then someone's going to get possessed by hyenas and, you know, and oh, then, yeah. you know, oh, and no, so I, I, I just, yeah, I, I like that about this season. We're also not as emotionally invested in the big mm-hmm. bad. We're yeah. not exactly. so emotionally. Whereas I mean, the next season, we're going to be super emotionally invested in that right. big bad. We also, and the little bads. We also have to give the master props. I mean, because, I mean, if he were around more, who knows, like, what kind of havoc he could wreak. Because mm-hmm. he was only out mm-hmm. of the Hellmouth for, like, an hour. And mm-hmm. he is the only big bad that has killed Buffy. It's like Buffy's died twice on the show, but mm-hmm. Buffy killed herself the second time. So yes. he, is, right. he is the only person other than Buffy who has actually killed her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and to be clear, I am not 
disparaging the oh, master no, like, as a character. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not even saying that it makes for a bad season. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying in terms of the master as the story as line. a big bad yeah. as a big bad in the way we think of a big bad mm-hmm. through the rest of the series. He doesn't quite yeah, I oh I love I love the master, and I think in mm-hmm. some ways oh, I enjoy great. him. I enjoy him as a big bad more than I enjoy Willow as a big bad. Yes, he as I the way I thought of it is he's more of a a a, a typical arch nemesis. Yeah, I can see that from previous fiction, like like say Moriarty mm-hmm. in the Holmes stories. Everyone thinks of Moriarty as you know Holmes's arch nemesis. He hardly he's appears only in the, in the one... stories. Yeah, he's two. only in the one story, too. What's the second yeah. one? Uh, he was also in the Valley of Fear. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So, it's like, it's not that the Master isn't important, mm-hmm. and he's not. it's not that he's not a huge threat to Buffy. He just doesn't participate in the overall story yeah. the way the big bads will... In further yeah. seasons. No, I, right, he's not he's not an emotionally driven villain. He's like, here's the thing. I've mm-hmm. gotta kill this slayer. I've got well, it's not even kill the slayer. I've gotta get this hellmouth open because I'm sick yeah. of living underground and I wanna eat more people and yep. <laughs> you know and, and do my the slayer thing. Is just a bonus. Killing the slayer is a bonus because as we see when we get to the wish, you know, when he does succeed, he's not specifically after a person. Mm-hmm. He's after a lifestyle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? He's not like, oh, you know, whereas, you know, Angelus is totally focused on one person. I mean, also mm-hmm. ruining the world, but really so focused on Buffy and, you know, and the, ma- the you know, Willow and the first. They're focused mm-hmm. really solely on Buffy and it's a very emotional connection with the the big bad um, mm-hmm. But in this season, yes. he's like, "Here's my mission. If she gets in the way, I'm gonna kill her." You know what I'm and just I don't, thinking about? You know, um, in the ep- this comes up in the episode Darla, and it also comes up in um, in Angel, um, the episode Angel that you know the master stays underground to keep himself pure or whatever because mm-hmm. you know the the connection with the old ones are everything. But yeah, when he gets to the wish, he's just like, "No, I want to be above ground, and I don't want to bite people anymore because you know whatever. I would rather just drain people using you know my." machines and everything kind of embracing technology mm-hmm. and i just think it's really funny that they have these, I love, these two different him. um di- almost diametrically opposed versions of the master it's just well, kind of depending think, on what the situation is i think he likes yeah. to be below ground but he doesn't want to be stuck there yeah. i think he wants to be able to like come and go as he pleases and go upstairs mm-hmm. and I not think just be happens- in this like one little place and so i don't what know. happened is he liked being below ground when he had the choice and then when he got above ground like in the modern day and he's like oh wait this is uh, so this much is better right. i know mm-hmm. i've always been sad that they didn't bring julie benz back for the wish oh that yeah, yeah that would have oh, i think they, because that would have been so interesting because if you know buffy had never shown up darla would never be dead you would assume mm. i mean you can you know Yo, I mean, maybe Angel got to maybe Angel got to her and staked her before he was captured by the you know whatever the the order. But you know, I I I love the wish. It's one of my favorite episodes. But um, so yeah, I love the master, my sass master, Mark. (laughs) Oh, oh, absolutely. No, I mean, honestly, I mean that's I mean 
And that's the thing, is that I think without Mark Metcalf's performance, yeah. the master would really wouldn't work anywhere near, oh, near yeah. as well as he does. Definitely. Because he has, he has nothing... Like, the season doesn't support him yeah. that well. It's not... I mean, it gives him his moments, but as a whole, the master would... Without that performance, a lot of the stuff we see of the master just wouldn't work well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I think that... I You know, the first season is very simple. There aren't these big... Obviously, there's the weight of the world on Buffy, especially in Prophecy Girl, which that's is super sad. That's not happened yet. That's, you know, four seasons from now. Ha, 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 You know what I'm talking about, right? So she doesn't have, yes, it's big stakes, and she doesn't want to die, and that's the super ha, emotional stakes. part. Girl! Sorry, we I'm on like... a, I'm going to shank you. <laughs> Don't let make me get, me get through your sentence. Don't make me go Mexican on y'all, because I will. Okay? Um, I don't know what my sentence is. Now I've lost it. You guys go ahead. <laughs> I like the first season in many ways because it's simple. Yeah. No, I mean... Oh, the first season is good. And and I'm not... I, I'm really not, like... I'm not saying bad things about it. It's I just... I, I'm actually more pointing out that it... It's different from the rest of the yeah, no, I is, what I'm, is what I'm getting it was, at. It was still growing. I mean, we will talk next yeah. week about... We're going to be talking about the Buffy movie. So really, there's kind of like the stages of Buffy. And you have the movie, mm-hmm. and then you have the first season. And then kind of by mm-hmm. season two, you have finally developed what Buffy is supposed to be. But you had right. to take those yes. steps to get there. And we talked about it when we were talking about Prophecy Girl. That some, something clicked on Prophecy Girl. And it's like, oh, this is, this is the show that mm-hmm. we've watched for you know seven years you know just kind of took a while to kick in um mm-hmm. well we've talked about this several times is that i mean we've commented many times where it's like okay they don't seem to quite know what they're doing yeah. yet and this season is clearly them basically working out the bugs exactly yeah and i think there were a lot more that that are teachers in this <laughs> I I think there are more nits to pick in this season because there are some mm-hmm. that you're like, well, okay, right. And we're not right. as emotionally inv- like I get super emotionally invested in my television, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, I I'm reminded of uh, you know when people talk to me about Star Trek: The Next Generation, it's like I never watched most of it because as an existing Star Trek fan, mm-hmm. I watched the first season live. Ah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what everyone to a person says to me is, oh, oh, no, you don't start with the first season. You start with, like, season two or three. And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, that wasn't an option yeah. at the time. And season right. one just season was so was not good. It's terrible. And, and, it, and it basically retreads a whole bunch of original series oh, yeah. stories. I remember really and, loving it at the time, but I was, uh, like, 12, now 11 I, or 12. So I wasn't yeah. as discer- discerning in my... Viewing. Right. I mean, I basically I, I I gave it a whole season to get better. Right, and it and didn't. it didn't. And so as a result, I never watched the rest mm-hmm. of it. And Buffy, I so I give Buffy props. For, well, actually, I came to Buffy in season three, so it yeah kind of doesn't count. But I could see like seeing season one of Buffy and still saying, okay, I'll keep watching yeah. this. Whereas 
yeah, but it but it's a similar problem where it's like, okay, yes, this is not the show that it will become. No, but I think and unlike Buffy the does first it, season of Star Trek, it's way yeah. more solid and way oh no, it's people, much way better. more investing in those yes. you know those people. Absolutely, it it gets better much more quickly. I have a theory, <laughs> and it's not that it'll be bunnies. Um, and I actually probably will be doing uh, an episode of my uh, my YouTube show on this, and that's. If a show hits the mark, like, right out the gate and has, like, a really strong first season, for the most part, they only have that one good season. Mm. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't go across the board, but most of the shows that I know, if they, if they, if they, if they hit on all cylinders for the first season, usually they're, it, the, they're, they only have that one story and then the rest of them kind of flounder but for, for I would shows say in a lot of I would say in a lot of genre television you're you're right yeah yeah I think you're really you know correct in a lot of genre television I'm trying to think of I'm rewatching Mad Men right now which I think I would not have something set, like Mad Men because it, right it is as such something a different was thing. Yeah. I, and actually a lot of people said you know the first season of Breaking Bad was really much more weak mm-hmm and um, then it does get better. It does find its voice later on in the... And that's not a genre show. Yeah. I mean, it's a genre. It's a crime genre. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Game of Thrones, great first season. Kind of didn't like it much after that. Yeah. So. Um, and, I mean, of course, I mean, like, you'll even have people debating. We'll talk, probably talk more about this when we get to this season two wrap-up. But with... People with Buffy, you'll have people uh, argue. It's like Buffy was great in season two, and then it was downhill from there. I don't agree with them on that. But, I don't um, agree with them on that either. Yeah, but there um, are there there is a not insubstantial number of people who think that. So yeah, no, um, I mean, I think they think they, pardon my French, blew their wad with the Angel yeah. epic storyline, and I I think they're. I love season two, and at the time, I thought nothing could top it, but looking back on it, there's, yeah, I, there's, yeah, anyway. And and we will be getting to that in two weeks, Uh, but next week, we're going to be talking, as I said before, we're going to be talking about the Buffy movie, so we are actually going out of Sunnydale and away from the Hellmouth to uh, look at the movie starring Christy Swanson and Luke Perry and Pee Wee Herman. (sighs) Ooh, I get to move from DVDs to Blu-ray now. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have this on Blu-ray? I have the movie on Blu-ray. So do it was I. It was a bargain bin. It was like $5. Uh, but I only got a Blu-ray player. Oh, okay, I don't have a... The only reason I have a Blu-ray player is because I'm engaged to someone with a PS4 with a Blu-ray uh, player. So it's not like I went out and bought... So thank you, honey, for providing me with a... Uh, uh, he just walked in the door. So thank you for providing me with a Blu-ray player. Yes. I, I mean, I I didn't have a Blu-ray player for quite some time. I can tell you exactly when I got my Blu-ray player. I got it when the uh, Doctor Who 50th anniversary uh-huh. uh, special oh, came okay. out. Oh, okay. And I, we own one Blu-ray. I own one Blu-ray, and that's the Ghostbusters. The new, I, the I new Ghostbusters. Nice. Oh, the, no, I don't have the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, I have the new have Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters on Blu-ray because it's like pretty much one of my favorite movies of all time now so um we digress we digress about blu-ray yes we will we will we digress um but we will see everyone next week for the buffy movie and so until then grr arg grr arg
Monster Arc. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at Return to the Hellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at HellmouthReturn, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our shows at iTunes and Stitcher. Also check out MC's YouTube channel. See you on Tuesday for our take on the 1992 Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Grr. Arg.